you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Coming up on Total Access, The Locker Room. When I got to the league, I want to say Tony Maddox caught four touchdowns a year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was catching 10 and I was scoring points and I was mm-hmm. converting on third downs. Once we got in the red zone, mm-hmm. that was we used to, that's Antonio Gates' time. Here he is, the eight-time Pro Bowl-selected tight end, one of the best to ever do it, Coach. This is going to be one of my favorite guests. Antonio Gates, big dog, welcome to the Total Access, the Locker Room Podcast. Man, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the love, too. You know, it's, it's been a tough 16 years, so. <laughs> yeah, we get, we get beat up, man. But, you know, you was one of the best to do it, dog. And look. We on a podcast, we taping and all of that, man. But look, you can brag about yourself yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You you yeah. you help set the standard yeah. Yeah. to what's going on right now. But before we get into tight ends and all that good stuff, we start every show with a locker room story. Okay, none of that stuff that we can do on TV. Okay, this is behind the scenes. We peel the curtain back. All right, mm-hmm. let's hear your locker room story uh, for this week. You sound like a reporter off the record. No. <laughs> no. Oh, hey, don't say that in front of the coach. And they're like, no. off the record. What do you think about your teammate? You know yeah. <laughs> don't say that in front of the coach, man. They say he couldn't stand what's the name. That's why I mean. No, man, I got to, man, you know, man, you know, I was fortunate, man, to play so long. So, I got so many stories, so yeah. many memories, man. The transition memories. I remember back in the day when things were private, mm-hmm. you know, when things were about the locker room, <laughs> only in the locker room. Yeah. And then obviously I was in the 2015, 16, and things were all social media. So it was so different for me because I had got so accustomed to what it was in the past. I came in in 03, finished in 2019. So, man, I, you know, I think the one I could, the last one I had, when I knew it was time for me to retire. Right. <laughs> this is the last story I had. And I had a whole bunch of them, a lot of funny ones. This is not as funny, but this is when I knew it was time for me to go. Okay. When I walked in the locker room, man, I want to think it was like Melvin Gordon and Keenan Allen. And I had a fitted cap on. And I remember in my day, the fitted caps were like the thing to wear. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that cost the most money, cost more money than the regular snapbacks. And they used to call me OG all the time when I walk in the locker room. What's up, OG? What's up, uncle? And I hated yeah. that. I'm like, dude. They I called you that. uncle? Uncle, OG, <laughs> all the old names. Any old names you can think. And they said, so I, you know, I tried to be young. I tried to stay on course. I playing. I'm trying <laughs> to stay on course. <laughs> so I wore my fitted hat thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hip. I'm going to be cool, be down. I walked in the locker room. About six or seven guys was like, man, see, we know you young. You still, We know you old. You still wearing fitted caps. What? And at the time, I'm thinking like, I thought Fitty Kess was in style. And then I <laughs> no knew more. at that point, man, it was time for me to go. 
And uh, it was just time for me to get out, man. Because I was yeah, old. When I thought I was being young, I was being old. And, and you was trying. <laughs> hey, coach, he was trying too. I was trying. I know. I know. Get in, man. And it just, it just didn't work, man. So that was like the last story that I had. And I, you know, at that, I retired. <laughs> well, yeah, that's amazing that you would because when you came in, you had a basketball background. Could when you first got started, could you ever have envisioned? playing that long i mean when you come in you're young and you say and the old guy and obviously players are playing longer the yep. way they train the way they take care of themselves 16 years could you ever conceive that you would play 16 years when you first got in the league no man i, I just remember like it was yesterday in 03 and uh i think it was a 52 53 man roster um and my goal was to be on the practice squad. Really? <laughs> low, I wasn't making a. I had. I was a basketball player, so yeah. making the active roster wouldn't even. I, you know, I'm just thinking like I, I'm the fourth tight end. I need to get on the practice squad. You know, I'm. You know, I'm, I, I had no recollection of what the NFL was about. No experience from college, so in my mind, I'm like, you know, let me let me get on, let me get on the practice squad. You know, <laughs> I remember as it started dwindling it down, you know, you get to those last couple of days, you know, they have 58, 60, yeah. and they're still cutting the practice squad guys, so they're gonna cut you and bring you back. Right. And uh, I'm sitting in there with guys from Nebraska, from all these high major schools, and I'm just thinking like, oh, they let what's the name go? I gotta be next. Oh, you know what yep, I mean? Yep, yep. I might, you know, I'm sitting there thinking to myself like. He gone. They they gotta be getting rid of me. Coach Schottenheimer, rest in peace. He, mm -hmm. he I got to be gone. And um, you know, I get the call. I look up. Other guys are leaving. I just down to like two or three of us. One of us gotta go. And I'm just thinking like, it ain't no way they gonna keep me. And these guys. And uh, come to find out, I was on the active roster, man. And I couldn't wow. believe it. You know. And I try to dedicate that year. I tried to use that formula which I used that first year and year 16 and year 14. I mean, whatever year it was, I came in with that same mindset saying, okay, I don't care how many Pro Bowls I've been to. I don't care how many all pros, how many, you know, records I done broke. This is a whole new year. And remember your first year and how you trained and how you worked and how you persevered through injury. You need to use that every single year. And I think that was that's something that tallied up 16 years for me because I was always afraid. I had that same feeling I've always been afraid of getting cut, it, which was which was crazy. At one point, I was yeah. the highest paid tight end in the NFL. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying, was, man. I was I still scared. I was still scared of getting cut. You know what I'm saying? So um, I yeah. just used that, and it worked, man. It, it, it was something that I used to persevere through 16 years. It's amazing to hear that because I always used to tell the young players because that's very real, Mike. You mm -hmm. know this. It can wear you out. Mm -hmm. sitting there and counting the numbers and wondering when that knock. Though I used to always tell the players, guys, look, when it comes time, I'll cut you. Yes. Okay, so don't worry about that. You don't need to worry about it. I got that covered for you, okay? So you just focus on play, and all of a sudden you look up and you make that team. You're, that's amazing to think back. And, and you're right to have that mindset to keep you dialed in going, I remember when I was waiting for that phone call or that knock on the door. It's how you keep a chip on your shoulder, man. And, and, and not that the great part about it but i want to stay right there talk about that transition you went from playing basketball and i'm not saying basketball players don't have no contact or whatever no but question. now you're going to play a tight end where you're mustache to mustache with a guy you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah, you gotta yeah. physically move this dude you know what i'm saying for the back you know what i mean so 
What was that about? Forget mm-hmm. the, the the practice squad, dude. You was out there actually functioning as a real NFL tight end. Talk mm-hmm. about talk about that transition. I think growing up in Detroit, the environment helped me out too. I think mm-hmm. once I got and made the choice of turning to the NFL because mm-hmm. I still had a basketball pedigree. I could I could have still made money playing it. Probably not in the NBA, but I could have made money playing. I think what I decided is that. I can't go home. <laughs> there you go. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. so I made this choice to give up something I had done for so long and put so, you know, got skin in the game. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, one state championships, one in college level. Um, both of my jerseys in basketball is retired. So in high school mm-hmm. and college. So, you know, when I made that choice, uh, I think one thing that, I, that, that stand out to me is that in my mind, I couldn't go home. I can't renege on this choice. So whatever it is I need to do, I gotta be. I gotta make this team. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. and I think a lot of guys come in uh, with a different mindset, if you will. Even when I was in my elderly my elderly years and, and playing, uh, you know, guys would come in with another option. They would, they, you know, my parents got money or whatever the situation ah. may be. I got, you know, a college fund saved up. My dad put money up for me. So, I, you know, this it's all right if I make it. But, you know, I had that I can't not go home mentality. So if I got a dislocated finger in training camp, you got to snap that back because tw- I cannot go back home. And I think mm-hmm. what happened is that over time, they realized I was tougher than what they thought. Mm-hmm. More importantly, I might have been the toughest on the team. So I yeah. played with every injury. I played with every circumstance. And I, I created, if you will, I created a way of how to persevere through pain, persevere through injury. And I played with just about from a broken rib to a dislocated toe yeah. to a mm. high ankle sprain. Mm. To, you know what I mean? Oh, my hamstring's sore. I, I, I know guys that hamstrings have been a problem with the NFL. <laughs> you got to be 100% nowhere. to play. And you, you ain't... <laughs> You ain't what you think you are. You you ain't who you think you are. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. everybody nowadays has to be 100%. Back then, our our slogan was you cannot make the club in the tub. It is. And you just can't do it. So I was just uh, in a situation where I just couldn't go home, man. I just said, you know what? This got to work for me. And when you mm-hmm. take that mindset and you apply it and you look up and, you know, 16 years later, man, <laughs> yeah. I'm here to talk like, about it. Yeah, like Mike, Mike says, though, we got to be real here a little bit. With no yeah. disrespect to Troy, you're going San Diego or Detroit? San Diego yeah, I or Detroit? That no, I'm not going back to Detroit. Yeah. Right. I see all the, the palm trees and all that. I'm like, dang, you know, they created palm trees. So I, you know, I couldn't go back home, man. And I think it, you, I use that. And, and that's why I am an advocate of just, you know, having mental toughness. You know, if you will, in a football for a football team, uh, some guys are have ability. You can get a dog to run and jump, mm. you know. But to have that mental toughness, because that's what win games for you. Mm. You know, when things get tight, when things are cold, it's raining. You know, you've been in Seattle, it's raining. You know, it, yep. the, the noise are loud. You know, it's certain things that get you through those tough moments, man. And I think that's one of them is growing up a certain way and dealing with what I had to deal with. Well, to stay in that vein, talking about just tight ends in general, especially. 
how the position has evolved because I don't know if you're going to, you would say it, but I would say it for you. Mm -hmm. You, you help this position evolve, man. I mean, we're seeing now three by one formations with the tight end at the X receiver, man, like dictating coverage. You start, you know, you start, you, you help build that, that role for the tight end. Right. And so you got guys like Tony Gonzalez, Grant, all of these guys were a part of that group along with yourself that changed it. What would you say the role you play specifically in the evolution of the, of the, of the, position you know because again that short that you know that that short split so that you can get that post there behind the linebackers you know maybe because i'm young coach i won't see many guys do it before i saw antonio do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. little things like that how did you help the position evolve oh man that's uh, <laughs> i think at the time it's funny because uh at the time i was getting graded so bad because really? i was short on right yeah, yeah marty schottheimer was militaries like in detail everything is detail and i just remember i had my ability from playing basketball was creating space i always mm-hmm. wanted to be in space i hated to be in tight where guys can get their hands on me i, I always felt like a good rock runner is someone who can create space mm-hmm. and even when they asked me about it i talk about certain guys who has ability to catch the ball, but they don't create space like I did. I was able to put you on one side of the field and I'm going the other way. I think when we have a guy like Ladanian, if you will, uh, where it, it helped is that they start to find ways to use me where I was always on a linebacker and a, and a, and a, a, a safety. But to make your, make your point, I don't want to get off topic, but make your point on how I created it. Because when I got to the league, I want to say uh, Tony Maddie caught four touchdowns a year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was catching 10. And I was scoring points and I was mm-hmm. converting on third downs, which give you a, you know, moving the chains. That was a situation for me. As once we got in the red zone, mm-hmm. that was, we used to, that's Antonio Gates time. You know what I'm <laughs> That's the you, money time. Yeah, you're right. That was just the money time. And, and you know, after my second year, I scored 13 touchdowns. And uh, at that time, that was the most ever in a year. Mm-hmm. And I really wasn't the type of guy that read stats and, and read his notes and, and, and that pat on the back. I was unaware of what I was doing, which was even I, like. Nah, I, come on, tell I, the tell the truth. Man, hey, come on, listen. dog. You in the locker room? Man, guys ain't saying, room. bro. You just yeah. Yeah, come but, on, man. But see, you got to remember that the position wasn't a, a glamorous position. Yeah, glamorous. It, was, yeah. it wasn't nothing people talked about. Yeah. So you know, I would hear it from guys. You know who Ozzy Newsom is. You know who Mike. Yeah. You, know, you know who Brent Jones is. Yeah. I, you know, so people start calling him. You know who Joe Jay Novacek is. And I'm like, uh, you know, who, who, who I think he, he blocked for Emmett, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I would know him. I, you know what I mean? So then, I, you know, so I started, I had to do my research because I was doing so many good things at the position where people were asking me about humans that had an impact on the position that I was unaware of because I was a basketball player. You know, you got to think after games in my first year, I would shake nobody's hand because I didn't know anybody. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have nobody that I played with in college or played against in college. It wasn't until I started going to the Pro Bowl where I would actually indulge with friendships that I would see when we come back and play them. So I had a very unique first year. I, you know, first two years, I would just play, go in the locker room, because who I'm waiting on? They ain't nobody out here play basketball in college. <laughs> <laughs> who I'm going to talk to? You know so, and then I obviously going to the Pro Bowl and having, you know, having success – I created a relationship with people, even mm-hmm. whether or not we're competing against each other or we're doing the same thing and people will have respect for what they were seeing. But at the time, I didn't know I was creating a way. I didn't. 
Uh, I was just trying to play yeah. and have success. Coach said, go 18 yards in. I'm like, well, you know, excuse my language, Sean Taylor's sitting at 16. I'm not going that deep. I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was sitting at eight. I'm not going right there. I'm going uh-huh. to slide over to the right, and you better hit me right here because he's sitting right there, and I seen what John Lynch can do. I seen what <laughs> I mean, and that's how I played the game. And ultimately, it was a personality that I used in, into route running, into the integration of a route running skill. So they say, this is what you do, and I'm going to do it the way you want me to do at practice. But in the game, I get on your game's <laughs> ability and my, you know, what God gave me. And I said, well, you know, this guy sitting there at 14 yards. I, I mean, I'm going to turn here at 11 and try to get the first down before I let him break the pass up. I mean, that mm-hmm. was just something, and I would get in trouble for it. And But then, you know, to a point where I was getting first downs, and then I was getting pats on the back. <laughs> Everything's good when you win. So, yeah, it is, man. Uh, and it was funny, because that's what they, with that little uh, option route, that little pivot route, that was something I would just do. And I, they'd be like, come on, stop hesitating. Stop, you know, and I'm like, no, whoa, whoa. I'm saying hey, him up. Coach, you're going to let him just get – so, hold up. You said that little hesitation, the little jolt route that, you know, when I got into the league a few years after you, that was now a route. That's what oh, we were staple, doing. Yeah. That's what it's I a staple. Called the gates. Yeah, we called it the gates. That was like a basketball crossover. Like, uh, that something that that's I exactly to, what it was. Yeah, it was like a crossover, and I would just do it. I, I would have a shallow route, and I wouldn't, what I wanted to do uh, at the time is I wanted to marry every route that I ran. I wanted it to all look the same. So if you know I run a shallow route or I run a pivot route, I run my pivots the way I run my shallows. You think I'm running a pivot. It's a fake pivot, but I'm trying to get back and cross your face. Yeah. You know, so, and that's just something I learned by just competing. And it's, and it became a route. I would see Julian Edelman do it. I would see all the way, you know, and I would see God. I'm like, oh, they stole that. <laughs> they took that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the ultimate kudos here. And I remember when you know, we didn't play you guys often, but the one time we came into San Diego to play you. And, you know, as a head coach, I'm in and out of different meetings. So I'm in the defensive meeting on Wednesday morning when they start up. And Rex Ryan's talking about, now you guys got LT. So you got to figure, okay, this is, I figure I'm going to hear, okay, this is going to be, we got to stop LT. Yeah. All he talks says, yeah, we got to stop the running game. But on third down in the red zone, this is what we, you know, because you got to set the press. We have got to stop Antonio Gates. That's all I talked <laughs> about all week. Third down and red. And I used to run the scout co- team cards. And there was always, you know, a big red circle around you. Yeah. <laughs> third down on the red zone because this is the guy we got to stop. So you've had that. Well, when you look at tight ends now and you've gone through litany, I had some good ones. And obviously I worked with Ozzie Newsom. I had Shannon Sharp, you know, and, and, and just love the tight end position. Of the guys now, who do you look at and go, yeah, that, guy, that guy's got some pretty good game? I think the guy that means the most to his team, and it's so hard to try to distinguish because like, even when you talk about the, the greats, the sharps, and the top, everybody meant the same to their team. You know, So mm-hmm. I think Kittles, in my opinion, means the most to uh-huh. the 49ers than any other yeah. tight end. Uh, not to take away from what everybody else right. can do. Right. I just think that's a big chess piece in what they do because he can physically impose his will in the run game, you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's the reality. And I wasn't that way in the run game. I've made you worry more so about what I can do and force you to come out of an eight, nine man box. You ain't going to play that against the Chargers because I'm, you know what I'm saying? That's what I was able to do because of my skill set. I think he's able to make you say, well, golly, do we put eight in the box? Do we not? Uh, you know, he, he he got such a unique skill set because of what he can do. And I think he means the most, in my opinion, to that franchise than any other tight end 
right now. Um, it, it, has there been a defender over your career that you just like, you know, obviously coach just told a great story about defense coordinator Rex Ryan wondering how in the hell we're going to stop um, Antonio Gates, right? Mm-hmm. Has it been a guy that maybe, you know, Tuesday early in the week, you watching film like, okay, I better make sure that when I'm going across the middle, I know exactly where this guy is or when he's lined up on me one-on-one, I got to give him a little bit more at the line of scrimmage because he's a little bit more physical. What defender gave you trouble? You know, you got the ones that got the names, right? And then you got the ones that don't got the names. And them are always the hard ones. (laughs) And realistically, it's like the ones that's in the locker room that y'all know that we respect. Like, like, you know, obviously the Troy Palomalos of the world and Mm -hmm. the Avery, you know, know, Bob Sanders. I went against all of them. Yeah, you know, these are all Hall of Fame safeties. So yes, they those are the ones that was always an issue because we had more emphasis on what they were doing and what they were about. But then you had the ones that wasn't no emphasis that you were suspecting. Everybody was like, "You should have 150 yeah. girls against this one," and I'm like, well, "He better than them." Yeah. <laughs> and that was like the you know when we played the Oakland Raiders. I don't remember when they had like Nomni, Johnson, mm-hmm. Huff, Branch, and these was so fast and I'm like I know y'all think I'm supposed to beat Huff and Brent every time but we can cover and run you know I mean like it would be an issue like if I didn't beat them every single time because I would beat the big man guys and then you were going to a game anybody that plays professional sports they know what I'm talking about you know and any coach they know you're going to a game and I'm like I'm faster than these Excuse my length, but you know no, what I'm saying? Good. I'm like, damn, put me on Tyron Bratch. He's faster than Huff. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, Nami is considered their best corner. He real, I mean, and like, but we would win, and it'd be like, oh, the Raiders can't do nothing with the Chargers, but I'm thinking like, that was a tough fight. You know? and what y'all talking about? We're going to win again. We don't want, yeah. I mean, we I'm worn out. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, so y'all got Raiders number. But in my mind, when I got on that bus, I was like, <laughs> play <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. they can flat out play i, yeah, I know about all the other names and i know we beating them and i know i'm playing well and i know i caught touchdowns but they made it so difficult for me they press me at the line they run they bumping me they grab me they swat mm-hmm. me and i'm like i make the tough catch but when i'm getting back to the huddle i'm like oh can we go can i go in motion <laughs> making it hard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think that's what you respect. That's what coach understands. Mm-hmm. It's the ones that don't get the – and it's always like that. It's always like that. It's the guy, the Al Wilsons of the world that mm-hmm. played linebacker for the Broncos. Yeah. Do you understand? We used to try to block this – like, I know y'all talking about Ray Lewis, but this <laughs> just on that level. I'm, I'm just telling you. He could hit, I see man. Al Wilson beat Lorenzo Neal, and I'm just like, well, wait a minute. Don't nobody do Lorenzo Neal. Like, mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So – that is the world. That's the National Football League. It's the ones that you hear about and then the ones you don't. But only the people that's in them locker rooms and the respect from peer to peer is what we yeah. know. You know, so I, I know even when we talk about all the hypotheticals and all the good ones, we know who get a game plan for and who's who. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We we hear the media. We know the, the fan votes to the Pro Bowl and all that. But I'm telling you, the Raiders and Al Wilson, I'm adding him to it. <laughs> I used to be like, this 
Al Wilson. Hey, coach, he traumatized over there. You said. Yeah. I'm just saying, I remember going to him in his like, dreams yeah. at night. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just talking about flat out dogs. These are yeah, flat out dogs. They, are. they don't like when I hear some of the best linebackers that they, they talk about Erlocker, which is respectfully right. They talk about Ray Lewis. I don't ever hear nobody say nothing about Al Wilson for the Broncos. And I just be thinking like maybe because I was in that division and you went and I played him twice a year. Yeah. I don't ever hear nobody talk about the Raiders secondary with Nani and all. And I'm like, these dudes were playing man coverage. It wasn't no zone. It mm-hmm. wasn't none of that sitting back and you just playing an area. Nani had the best number one. He had Vincent Jackson. He had Chris Chambers. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Huff had me man to man. Don't know other safety play man. Tyron Bratch had me man to man. That's a difficult task. And they'll that smack you in the face, too. Yep, they hit you, task. too. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I see it. And obviously, yeah. the respect of Troy and the big name, you know, sure. the Bob Sanders of the world, they were very good. They know the stake about it. But they had schemes that they would do, and they used their abilities, and they, they moved around. Mm-hmm. I knew Tyron Branch and, and Michael Huff was going to be right in my face. Oh, I knew okay. that. They, it was, they was going to be an exchange look. It's going to be in a nickel package. They exchange at the tight end at the line of scrimmage. He's man. He's man. We ain't got to worry about it. wasn't a whole bunch of film. They uh-huh. playing man coverage. Just and to me, up. that's a difficult thing to do. That's real hard. Sure. So mm-hmm. to me, that was my challenges. Those, those yeah. were my challenges. And uh, that's they're the reason why I continue to grow. We need to – I'm interested in – we just saw, obviously, a great player in Drew Brees retires, future Hall of Famer. You, your breakout year was in your second year with Drew. You had 81 receptions. And then they make a change to go with Phillip. Talk first mm-hmm. a little bit about that relationship you developed because that quarterback-tight end relationship is a special one. I mean, that's your go-to guy, particularly yeah. in those critical situations. It's usually your best matchup on the field at any given time. And talk about that relationship you obviously developed with Drew and what a great player, obviously, he was. But then you had to transition because the organization decides to, to do something different. I mean, that was probably the hardest thing in the, organi- in the organization history. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that was a very difficult transition. It was a very uh, touchy one uh, just for the simple fact that we all knew that we were giving up greatness in, in Drew Brees. It wasn't no doubt in our mind in the locker room. Uh, I can remember it still vividly when he was there and we drafted Phillip. Uh, things were happening, but they were never really Drew fault. It was like uh, a protection breakdown. We told you to run a 15-yard comeback. You went 18 and Drew threw it at 15, so they intercepted it, David Boston. You know what I mean? No, you know, so it was just like I remember we getting graded out, and he would always get graded out really well, even though we were 412. So, uh, so we knew. Uh, you know, it wasn't like we didn't know, but the reality of it is, is that we're, we're losing football games. You're throwing interceptions. We got to draft the quarterback because that's what we need to do. Because the reality, the perception is that you're the reason why we lose it. But we draft Phillip, which is my guy, obviously. And um, uh, I think the best thing is that we, 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 able, we was able to let Phillip be amongst Drew and Doug Flutie. So we had Doug Flutie as well. So uh, Doug Flutie threw me my first touchdown, believe it or not. <laughs> so I've been, I've been, I had a special group of guys my whole career, uh, just guys who understand one thing is the ability, the foundation is your talent, but being professionals was more important too. And I think that's what allowed them to catapult to whatever level that they went to in, they, in their career. So it's hard because I just think the difference between Drew and Phillip it's just that I can see Phillip back there. I couldn't really see Drew because he was yeah. like six feet. Oh. But uh, everything Drew did in terms of leadership qualities, his ability to 
communicate with his teammates, his ability to uh, make you feel warm in that huddle, because that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, when you know that when you call in the play and guys yep. got them beady eyes and you, you know, <laughs> you know, yep. you know it's a big, you know, these guys are able to make you feel calm in that huddle. And I think that's to me, that allows you to perform at a high level and just use your ability and let your talent take over. So, uh, you know, Drew was special to me, man. I, I don't want to take nothing away from him. But I think what happens is that when I have the career that I had with Philip, that tend to be washed or, you know, pushed under the rug, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, But he, he's always been special to me. He will always be special to me. Always been a big part of my growth uh, mm-hmm. because people, I, they ask me what, what I would have been if Drew was the quarterback for those 16 years instead of Philip or those uh, 12 years instead of Philip. And it's just so hard to say, you know. Because I mean, I've ex- you know I've exceeded so many expectations. Where uh, never really know. Uh, I know I know what I would do to get Philip to go on. And say yeah, Drew would have threw it to me. <laughs> so if I, if I ever want to go, gotta do it. Third down, gotta do it. Now this is Drew. He coming to me. Oh, so man. I use I you know I I play with it a little bit. You know, yeah. <laughs> if I went in the first half or third three quarters without getting the ball, I'm like. Philip, nah, that's what Drew. Nah, I have to make catches now. So you need to come on now. You know, yeah. so I, it's all love though. We, man, look, we all forever be, you know, friends. We forever be, you know, great competitors. And I think that's the beauty of it. I think they learn from each other. It's like steel sharpening steel, and uh, they both end up having two great careers. You, you, you that, about, that might be the right? first time we actually hear Philip Rivers swear. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you drop that Drew Brees line on him. Yep. Go, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll drop like, one. Yeah, yeah, that's gosh. <laughs> he loved to say little. He a cuss then if you tell you. Last one before we let you go, Antonio. Um, you talk about guys in the locker room. You play with a lot of great ones, a lot of Hall of Fame guys. Um, one of our current teammates here at NFL Network, LT. Just talk about how what he was like in the locker room. I know what he's like in the media locker room. Um, mm-hmm. Guy's been a great resource to me being a young guy in this business. Um, just talk about what LT meant to that locker room and what he meant to you personally. Yeah, well, you know, you, you're talking about, uh, you know, a one-in-a-lifetime type of individual. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you, you know, you know you, when you go through a draft, you, you think about ability and talent, and then you, you never can place a person like <clears throat> LT in, in that space because he's he brought so much to an organization. Uh, he, he, you know, he meant so much to the team. I just remember when I got there, I mean, the whole goal was to stop LT. He, he made things so much easier in the game. I think when I think about LT, I think about a guy that I can trust between the lines, mm-hmm. without a doubt. It wasn't no question. Was 21 going to show up on Sunday or Monday, whatever, Thursday night? Didn't matter. I knew he was going to be there. But more importantly, he, he led by an example. Uh, be the best player in the National Football League at one point. Be an MVP, you know, an NFL MVP. Uh, be a leader on a team. Be a franchise guy. He he epitomized that, you know, in, in every way. And I think that's something uh, you you see, even when you probably meet him to this day, if he's on a golf course, you know, or whatever it is, he, you know, he has that aura about him. And I think that's why he's the youngest Hall of Famer that we've ever seen. There it is, man. Antonio, bro. Thank you for coming by the podcast, man. That, like man. for real, man. You could do this anytime. Anytime you just feel like yeah. dropping some stories <laughs> on us, man. Just come on by, big dog. Yeah, Thank you so that. much. That'll do it Thank for this you. week's episode Thanks, of Total folks. Access, yeah. the locker room. For more insight with the locker room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.